it's complicated. I thought I'd die in your arms. I thought I'd die in your No hard feelings, but these feelings harder. No, no hard feelings, but these feelings harder. No, no hard feelings, but these feelings harder. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you would do me a favor, please subscribe to wherever you're listening. Please subscribe to wherever you're watching. It definitely means a lot to me. So we're here. We're in the NBA Finals. The NBA Finals starts on Thursday. And we have Boston and Golden State going up for the ultimate prize, which is the NBA Championship. And, of course, this episode, I'm going to give my predictions, how I'm going to talk about how Boston got there. I'm going to talk about how um, Golden State got there, you know, X Factor, stuff like that. I'm going to pretty much give my predictions and break down the finals. But I do want to kind of start and, and give a little bit of credit to Miami. Now, I'm not going to say credit. Let me not say that. I do kind of want to touch on Miami. I don't want to touch on it too much because they, they lost. But... A lot of people now, the questions are, what is, what, where does Miami go from here? You know, Miami was the number one overall seed in the, in the East, and ultimately it, 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 they got to the Eastern Conference Finals. And what we saw in the Eastern Conference Finals was Miami is a very limited team. Outside of Jimmy Butler, they don't really have a consistent player. They, they, we thought it would be Bam on a bio, but he was very inconsistent. They, it, they paid Kyle Lowry to be consistent, but he was inconsistent. Now, I said this, shouts out to uh, shouts out to the GOAT podcast with Marcus. I said this, the end of a playoff series usually brings clarity to your team. It, it, it brings clarity to what needs to improve, what went wrong. There's a lot of things that it brings. And the clarity that the Miami-Boston series brought, at least for Miami, was they are going they need a consistent second score now a lot of people ask now they need to go get a, a star they need to go get maybe a bradley bill go get uh maybe a, a donovan mitchell one of those type players but i say that's only if victor oladipo does not turn into the victor oladipo that they thought they were getting they thought they were getting the victor oladipo from indiana indiana now I understand due to injury that hasn't been the case, so we'll see. But that is the Victor Oladipo they need. And we saw flashes of it in the finals, I mean, in the Eastern Conference finals, but he, they need more consistency from him. Now, I know that's kind of a lot to ask his first year being back, but if Victor Oladipo can come back and be the Victor Oladipo from the Pacers, which was an all-star and, and a, a lethal scorer, then I don't think Miami needs a a another superstar. Uh, but that's that's really banking on Victor Oladipo. Not saying it's just him because Bam needs to be better. I think they're looking at that Duncan Robinson contract. Like, how can we get off that? Because they paid Duncan Robinson to be a spot-up shooter, even though they know that, you know, he is not good defensively. Well, the problem was this year or at least this playoff run, he was bad defensively and he couldn't hit shots. So what do you do with that? Uh, I think they're kind of, now I under, <laughs> I know going into this year, I said that probably the move of the offseason was getting Kyle Lowry, that is the Miami Heat. But I didn't know that he was going to just collapse like he did in the, in the, in the, in the playoffs. Now, I think Miami can lie to themselves. Miami possibly can lie to themselves and and, and be like, yeah, well, you know, Kyle Lowry was hurt and a lot of players were hurt and Jimmy Butler even got hurt. That's why we lost. No, you lost because you didn't have a consistent number two score. And you ask Jimmy Butler to do something that he's not really prone to doing, and that's scoring the ball. Now, he can score the ball, but he's not used to scoring the ball. I mean... Let me not say used to scoring the ball. He, that's not his number one trait. His number one trait is being, you know, def defense, being a, a, you know, a glue guy. Well, a glue guy to some people, but I think Miami's going to be okay. Uh, they need there's decisions to be made. Like, what do you do with Kyle Lowry? What do you do with Duncan Robinson's contract? You know, Tyler Euro, he got hurt, but even still, when he was healthy in these playoffs, he was damn near unplayable because. Kind of like Duncan Robinson, he wasn't hitting. He wasn't really doing anything productive. Uh, yeah, it's it's Miami has some decisions to make, and I think 
I, I trust Pat Riley. I trust the the Miami Heat organization that they're going to be able to retool and do what they do. But it, it, a lot of this is predicated on Victor Oladipo. And if Victor Oladipo is able to come back, you know, after the offseason, come back and, and be the Victor Oladipo that can score, uh, you know, was a, few, was, a, was a former all-star, then Miami Heat will be fine. You pair him with Jimmy Butler, that's a perfect pairing. But if Victor Oladipo is not able to do that, then maybe take a swing maybe for Bradley Bill, for Donovan Mitchell, something like that. Uh, but, but we'll have to see. So that's all I'm gonna give. Oh, and shout well, shouts out to Jimmy Butler. I still don't think he's a, he's a superstar, uh, but he had a hell of a run in these playoffs. He had a hell of a run in the Eastern Conference Finals. It it, it was incredible, man. I for the people that saying that he should have been the Eastern Conference Finals MVP, no, he didn't win. I I I just can't imagine you being the first player to well the second player to do that because I think Jerry West uh, won the. NBA Finals uh, MVP and he didn't win. I can't imagine you being the second person or the first person in the modern day to do that. And it's like, well, you know, Jimmy Butler was an Eastern Conference Finals MVP. Like, are you going to be, are you going to be with the Boston Celtics as they celebrate because you have to come back out and give? I don't, I couldn't, I couldn't see that, man. It's it, to me, it has to go to the winner. If LeBron James does not get the NBA Finals MVP. What in two thousand and fifteen? Then it's not going to happen. And I, I'm of the belief that he should not have got it because he didn't win. I think you have to win. It's it's not a it's not. A, I think at that point, if you give it to Jimmy Butler, which by the way he was incredible. This is not me saying Jimmy Butler was trash or anything. But if you give the Eastern Conference Finals MVP or any MVP to a losing team or losing player. It, it, at that point, it kind of turns into a participation trophy, and that's the last thing that you want. So I don't think Jimmy Butler should have won, and I'm glad that, you know, Jason Tatum uh, won it, which he should. So now let's talk about the teams that are actually in the NBA Finals. Let's talk about Boston for a second. Let's, let's talk about how Boston got here. So a lot of people are talking about – well, first, let me say shouts out to Boston. Boston had one of the most – one of the most improbable trips, not just to the NBA Finals, but to the playoffs. You remember, man, back in December, like early on, this was a Boston was looking like a disaster. You had you had Marcus Smart calling out Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown uh, to the public. People were calling for Ime Odoka's job. They were below five hundred. They couldn't get nothing right. They were terrible defensively. It was just bad. And it wasn't – not only did this – this team didn't look like that's, – that's one of the biggest reasons why a lot of people were fueling the, yo, you have to separate Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. One of the biggest reasons for that – I talked about this last episode, and I think I talked about this on the GOAT. First of all, I'm going to link it down in the description. Um, the GOAT Talk podcast, I was just on it. Uh, shouts out again to Marcus. I'll, I'll link the episode – in in the description below go check it out on on his platform do what you got oh go subscribe to him too but one of the biggest reasons why i'm just gonna speak for myself one of the biggest reasons why i said that jason tatum and jalen brown should have been separated at that time was because they did a lot they did the same thing it was kind of the damian lillard cj mccullum uh problem not saying that jason tatum's you know Jason Tatum's Damian Lillard, but Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum did the same thing. While, yes, Damian Lillard did it better than uh, C.J. McCollum, they did the same thing, which is why there was always a cap. There was always a cap that the that the Portland Trailblazers would hit because neither one of them played defense, but they were both incredibly gifted offensive players. Same thing as Jalen Brown and, and, and Jason Tatum. They both were crazy off crazy offensive players Jalen Brown can put up 40 Jason Tatum can put up 40 now yes Jason Tatum in my opinion is better than Jalen Brown but they both gave you offensive what offensive weaponry pretty much however on the defense side of the ball they didn't neither one of them dedicated themselves to the defense side of the ball which I think it was big that they got in me Adoka and the fact that Marcus Smart called them out because ever since then Boston has been on a tear, not only defensively, and I think, and I talked about this a couple episodes ago, or last episode, 
this team is led by not only the defense from Marcus Smart, but led by the leadership of Jason Tatum. And you could tell once Jason Tatum dedicated himself to the defensive side of the ball, Jason uh, Jalen Brown followed and the team itself followed. So that's one of the biggest reasons why I think they're here. And that's one of the biggest reasons why they made the, one of the biggest turnarounds we've seen in NBA history. Again, this team did not look like they were – this team, as talented as they were, and most of the same players are here from the beginning of the season, this team looked like a lottery team. And now we are talking about them in the NBA Finals. So let's talk about their playoff run. A lot of people are, are saying, you know, Boston had the hardest run. Boston had the hardest run to make it to the NBA Finals. And I'm going to push back on that just a little bit. Not saying that they did, they had a not saying they had an easy run. Let me not let me not disrespect anybody in the NBA. Let me not disrespect Boston. But this notion that they had the hardest run. I want to push back on that. And and this is what I mean. Did they go against the hardest players? Yes. When you got to go against Kyrie, KD uh, round 1, Giannis round 2, and then Jimmy Butler and the Heat round 3. Yeah, of course, that's a tough challenge. That is a tough challenge all around. Especially those are those are you know we talk about superstars that you have to go against. So that's that's tough. But let's talk about let's first talk about that Boston and Brooklyn series. Yes, you went up against Kevin Durant. Yes, you went up against uh, Kyrie Irving. But I would I would argue that that is probably the best matchup that you would want in the first round. Why? Because the only thing that you really have to do is guard Kyrie Irving and KD. Now, yes, that's easier said than done. But when you have the linky and the the defenders that Boston has, your your the game plan at that point is, hey, if 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 Seth Curry beats us, if Andre Gudala be, I mean Andre Drummond beats us, if Blake Griffin beats us, if Nick Nick Claxton beats us, then we lose. That's just this is how it's going to be. But we want we're going to throw everything at Kyrie Irving. We're going to throw everything at KD. And and something has to be said. So we talk about that. You know, that's the hardest. Boston had the hardest ship. Yet yeah, we've been killing, or people have been killing, uh, Brooklyn this entire. I mean. Uh, Kyrie Irving played half this, or didn't even play half the season. They have a lot of old head, you know, Dragic and and Blake Griffin and and Lamarcus Aldridge. They have a lot of old heads. They have a lot of play that don't. They have a lot of one dimensional players. A lot of players that just played offense and not any defenders. Defenders outside of Andre Drummond, which they got in a trade for James Harden. So I'm not gonna. I'm not going to take away the fact that they did. Yes sweep uh Kyrie Irving and KD but I would I would I would contend that you know Boston I mean Brooklyn was an easier series than you think because yes it's 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 harder said than done stopping you know KD but they did what they were supposed to do they just threw bodies at him and honestly while yes it was a sweep those were some very close games I mean what game one Jason Tatum had to do a, a game winner it was those were some close games then you go to round two against Milwaukee. And one of the biggest reasons why I think that it went seven games is because let me just say this. I think that if Chris Middleton played, Boston would have lost. And I think that because what you're doing at this point is you're asking Drew Holiday to do something that he wasn't even brought on this team to do. Not saying that he can't score, because we know the Drew Holiday from the 76ers, the Drew Holiday from New Orleans, he's able to score the ball. Not saying he's a supreme scorer, but he's able to score the ball. What you're asking Drew Holiday to do is, no, Milwaukee brought Drew Holiday onto the team to be a, a solid defender and hit a couple shots, which which is exactly what he was doing in that series. The problem is now with Chris Middleton out, which is their pretty much their best, you know, shooter, their best uh, player to put the ball on the ground and get a jump shot outside of putting the ball on the ground and get to the rim, which is Giannis. You're you're pretty much 
Milwaukee was a one-two punch. Offensively, you had Giannis that can control the pain and control some of the mid-range, and you have Chris Middleton that control the mid-range and three-point line. Well, you take Chris Middleton out, now you're asking, you know, you're asking players like Drew Holiday. You're asking players like Bobby Portis. You're asking players like uh, Brooke Lopez to to shoulder more of an offensive load that they weren't brought there to do. So I would say that that was an easier trip because, yes, you had to go against Giannis, and it's tough going against Giannis. I mean, he, we just saw him have a 50-point game in the finals just a year ago. But without Chris Middleton, that changes the entire flow of the 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 Milwaukee Bucks. So I would say that's a little easier, you know? That's a little that of course not a little, but not having Chris Middleton is huge. And then we get to Miami. I don't know. <laughs> now you can say injuries was a big a big cause, right? You could say injuries as far as, you know, Tyler Euro, Jimmy Butler to a certain extent. Kyle Lowry, you can say that injuries affected Miami, but I just I I will Miami was is if you really think about it, man, Miami, even though they were one of the best three point shooting teams in the regular season, they just stopped hitting. And honestly, we Miami wasn't that even though yes, they beat Philly, they weren't the best this entire playoff run. You know, Bam Adebayo, ever since, you know, Bam Adebayo didn't have a good playoff series, maybe the first round. But outside of that, it just, it wasn't that good. And we saw, uh, one reason why I'm kind of discouraged more than encouraged that about Boston beating Miami is, Miami is nowhere, isn't that good offensively, or at least they weren't that good offensively. Not to mention the fact there's two players that are playing extended amount of minutes that are undrafted free agent or undrafted. And that means something in the league. I mean, there's not a lot of Fred Van Vliet. There's not a lot of Ryan Clarks. Usually if you're undrafted, it's for a reason. And now you're depending on a Max Struess to, to be big because Duncan Robinson and Tyler Euro couldn't. You're, you're, you're asking Gabe Vincent to be big because Kyle Lowry and, and Victor Oladipo a lot of the times couldn't do it. That just doesn't bode well, you know what I mean? So, yes, you had Jimmy Butler, who had an exceptional game, what, six and seven. And they were – and that's why I said I'm, I'm kind of discouraged because if Jimmy Butler would have hit that shot, this would have been a completely different conversation. Uh, but, you know, that's that's just how I – that's how I see it, you know what I mean? Now, one thing I will say, and I'll talk about this a little bit with the, on the Golden State side. Golden State plays differently than anybody else that Boston has played. And that's kind of why I think it's a disadvantage. One is a disadvantage because Boston, there's not one player on Boston I think that's even been to the NBA Finals. So at the end, and people could say it's just another game. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. But Boston has not played a team that's like Golden State. Now, to their credit, there is not another team in the NBA like Golden State but you played a lot of a lot of teams that for, that had to be ISO heavy, and what I mean had to be Brooklyn is is more ISO heavy. You know, it's KD and Kyrie take turns one on one. That's not going to work with Boston in Milwaukee because Chris Middleton's there, or Chris Middleton was gone. I'm sorry, and Drew Holiday isn't the offensive weapon that Chris Middleton is. You kind of force Giannis to have to have to put his head down and keep going to the rim time and time again. And as we know, over a series, that kind of boggles you down and, 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 and weighs you down. Same thing for, uh, you know, Miami. You didn't really have to worry about, you know, P.J. Tucker's not hitting 15 points. You know, it, Bam out of bio, definitely, he, 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 was, he was a no-show. I mean, he averaged, what, 19 points a game in the regular season and only averaged 14 in the the playoffs, I believe. So it just, it's just, it was pretty much Jimmy Butler and nothing. And even that, Jimmy Butler almost almost got it. So they have Boston has not played a team that is like Golden State. And I think that is kind of a disadvantage. Now on the flip side, we can talk about what we'll talk about in a second. Golden State hasn't really played a team like Boston this 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 playoff series, but or this playoff run. 
But you know, Jason Tatum, he he has been there there consistent. I mean, shouts out for him for winning the Eastern Conference uh, Finals MVP. He's been there consistent. He has to be consistent. And and that's, you know, I talked about this, I think, a couple episodes again about superstars and stars. It's like one of the biggest reasons why I don't have Jason Tatum as a superstar yet is because of his his consistency as far as you don't really know what you're going to get. You know the talent-wise how good he is, but there can be games where he'll have 20 points and disappear. Then there'll be games when he have a loud 30. And you, you, you kind of – He's been there constant as well as you know Jalen Brown has been good, Marcus Smart has been good. It's 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 been good. Um, and it got Boston now is in the is in the NBA Finals. So, shouts out to them. Now let's go over to the Golden State side. Golden State, you to talk about them, you have it's you can't just talk about this entire season. You have to talk about probably the last three or four. This really started with. Clay Thompson going down in the 2019 NBA Finals, uh, tearing his ACL. Then you know KD then leaves after because he ruptures Achilles as well, or he ruptures Achilles. Uh, they had Demarcus Cousins. He left, and then you know next year Clay Thompson he ruptures his Achilles. So that's a whole nother year. And then of course Steph Curry breaks his hand and. And he's out for majority of the season. And, you know, this year, Jordan jo, uh, James Wiseman, he wasn't what he was supposed to be. One thing that a lot of people were saying and, and always said was a lot of people were closing the door on Golden State, which I understand. I mean, the players are getting older. You don't know what Klay Thompson was going to be when he came back from injury. You know, Draymond Green isn't the most offensively gifted player, and he may have to be later on in his career, seeing his or later in his career with his, you know, seeing his defensively and athleticism kind of goes down. What is Steph going to be like with it with a broken hand or after a broken hand? Those were the questions. You know what I mean? Those were the questions coming in, and a lot of people were saying, "Well, let's just wait to see. Let's just wait to see." Uh, how they are because you know uh, a team that has Steph a healthy Steph Clay and Draymond as we've seen can take a team to the finals as we saw in 2015 if we don't want to give the credit to 2016 17 or 18 so this year has been a roller coaster and what I mean by roller coaster they start off hot I don't know if people remember but Golden State was the clear cut best team to start off you know the start off Jordan Poole emerged as one of the best and in my opinion the sixth man of the year or no I'm not sixth man most improved player this year even though he didn't win it but Golden State was they were humming then move a little bit forward uh Klay Thompson comes back from injury. That was big, and, and they had to incorporate him. Then Steph Curry rolls his ankle towards the end of the season uh, on a Marcus Smart dive for the ball. It's it, it's been a, it's been a tough sled. You know, defensively they kind of waned. Draymond Green went out. It, it was it was they got hit with injury, and they also got hit with you know regular season wolves or what or wolves or whatever. But when you talk about this playoffs, let's talk about round one. Round one. Golden State and Denver. Now, kind of like we talked about with Boston, Golden State kind of dealt with – let me say this. Let's just talk about this one. So, Denver and, and Golden State. I think that, you know, without Jamal Murray, without Michael Porter Jr., it's a lot easier to to play and defend Denver, especially when all they have is the two-time MVP. I'm not going to say all they have. <laughs> when they have Nikola Jokic, who is a two-time MVP. But when you have a, a team full of star and a team full of cohesive players, it's going to be tough. And I didn't even mention Andrew Wiggins and how good he's been. So you get them out the way. You get them out of the way in, what, six games? Oh, no, four, five games. Then you go against Memphis. Memphis, the second overall seed in the West. John Morant, you know, Triple J, Dylan Brooks, uh, Desmond Bain, and – that game that John Morant goes out. John Morant goes out. 
we know about game six clay <laughs> and he he goes crazy in game six and they ultimately beat memphis then you go up against Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks, which a lot of people were shocked about, including myself, because I thought it would be Phoenix and uh, Golden State. Hell, a lot of people thought Phoenix was good enough to win it all. But you go up against Luka Doncic and, and the Dallas Mavericks, and that is an easier plight because you're going up against just pretty much a one-man band. Uh, if if Jalen Brunson beats you, if Reggie Bullock beats you, hey, you win. But you beat them in five games. And here's why I say there's a lot of similarities to Boston's playoff run to the finals and Golden State's playoff run to the finals. Boston had to play one or two man-centric teams and what i mean is there's a one you know one and two is good and talking about brooklyn at this one and there's a massive drop for three i'm not gonna say matt there's massive uh for for milwaukee you have Giannis, and then there's kind of a, a, a massive drop between him and drew holiday and that's no disrespect to drew holiday but he's not Giannis. And same as Miami, at least offensively, you had Jimmy Butler and then a massive drop and then whoever the hell you want to insert, insert second. Golden State kind of had the same same thing. So you have uh, you have Denver, you have Nicole Jokic, and it was a massive drop, and the next best person was Aaron Gordon. That didn't work. <laughs> that, 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 that wasn't doing nothing against Draymond Green and Golden State. Then next round, John Morant goes out. John Morant goes out. You have Desmond Bain. I think that's the that's probably the hardest test they they had. You had Desmond Bain. You had Dylan Brooks, but Dylan Brooks did miss two games. Well, pretty much essentially two games because he got suspended most of Game Three and missed all of Game Four. And then same thing for Dallas. You have Luca, and then a massive drop, and then it's Jalen Brunson with Tim Hardaway being out and, and and some of those players being out. Here's the difference however, that I have between Boston's run and, and Golden State's run. To me, Golden State's run sharpened another another tool that needed to be sharpened to get to the NBA Finals. What do I mean by that? Round one, you're going against Nikola Jokic. To me, you're going up against the best center in the playoffs. Now, of course, you can have an argument between him and Joel Embiid, but you're going up against the best center in in the playoffs so that really sharpens Draymond Green's defense because going into the playoffs he wasn't he was still getting his feet back and he really wasn't the best defensively going into or coming into the playoffs due to you know trying to get himself back from injury as well as Kevon Looney Kevon Looney wasn't playing you know he, he because of the whole death lineup his minutes are sparing but you needed him to be right. And he, you know, going against Nicole Jokic, bada bing, bada boom. Next round, Memphis. What Memphis did, especially with John Morant being out, and that's no offense to John Morant, but Memphis is a drastically better defensive team without John Morant. That's just, that's just how it is. And that's not a shot at John Morant. That's just truth. They are a better defensive team without John Morant. Well, Memphis probably outside of maybe Miami is the most physical team that was in the playoffs. And when you have, you know, Desmond Bain and Dylan Brooks going up against Steph and Clay and and Jordan Poole, now you're 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 preparing yourself for the physicality. You're preparing yourself for a physical team. A physical team that can be Boston. And then you have Dallas and Luka Doncic. To me, that series was solely, uh, I guess, quote unquote, coming, coming to the party moment for Andrew Wiggins. You're preparing now. He didn't stop Nicole. I mean, he didn't stop Luka Doncic. But what he did do is he did slow him down. He did slow him down to the point where now you need a Jalen Brunson. Now you need a Reggie Bullock. Now you need players like that to to step up and they were unable to do that 
Now, it wasn't just Andrew Wiggins. They were throwing everything, which we knew. They were going to throw the kitchen sink at Luka Doncic. They had Andrew Wiggins, who was his primary defender. They had, you know, the way they were defending it was, you know, Andrew's going to get it most. Uh, Draymond Green was going to come in at times. Clay's going to – they – it was it was defense by committee. And they were able to prevail. What I'm saying is this. Now, when you go into this series against Boston – that is Golden State. Um, there's a lot of questions and a lot of iron that need to be sharpened, and I think they got sharpened. Uh, you know, what? how was Kevon Looney going to be, especially against uh, Al Horford and uh, Robert Williams? Well, we saw Kevon Looney play incredible against uh, Nicole Jokic, play incredible against Triple J, as well as Steven Adams, and play incredible against... I'm, I mean, I know he was pretty the biggest player, but, you know, Maxi Kleber and, and Dwight Powell. Now, no, I'm not going to disrespect Al Horford and Robert Williams and say that they're Maxi, Max Kleber and Dwight Powell. But, you know, Kevon Looney has gotten better through this through this playoff run. Same thing as Andrew Wiggins. First round, you had to go. You didn't really you didn't really have to do much. Second round, you had to go against, you know, Dylan Brooks. You had to go against a uh, a Desmond Bain. You had to go against those type players. And then third round, you had to go against Luka. So I just think both teams – to me, these are the both – these are the top two teams in the, in the, in the playoff. I mean, top two teams in the, in the NBA. I think they got it right. I, I just – I understand that we can look at the regular season and think, well, what about Phoenix? What about Memphis? What about – you know, some of the other teams, but I just think that these are the top two teams that are in the playoffs or that are that, that are in the NBA. And I think that this is the best case scenario that we as fans in the NBA as a whole could have gotten. So what's my prediction? Let me just talk about the X factor. Let me let me talk about how each team can win first. Now let's go with X Factor. What's the X Factor for Golden State? To me, it's very simple. The X Factor for Golden State is Andrew Wiggins. You're going to be guarding the best player on Boston majority of the time, which is Jason Tatum. And as we've seen, I mean, and that doesn't take away from because Jalen Brown can go off, Mark Max, I mean Marcus Smart can go off. But the head of the snake is Jason Tatum. And I think Andrew Wiggins is going to be huge. Just like he was huge for in the in the Dallas series, he's going to be huge for this series. I think that I said earlier that Golden State presents is is unlike any team that Boston has seen in this playoffs. And the same thing can be said for Golden State and Boston. Boston is – they have seven to eight people that plays exceptional defense. Seven to eight players. And it's, they're going to be switching on everything because they can. Not not only that, Boston's offense is it's not a drastic drop from their offense to their defense. Like, when you look, Denver, their offense is good, but their defense really isn't. Memphis, they're they're pretty much the same thing. And Dallas, pretty much the same thing. Boston is, they're pretty much equal opportunity. Their defense and their offense is incredible. They also have about three players that can go off. Four players that can go off. That is Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and on any given night, it can be Al Horford. Golden State hasn't had to really defend an entire team as this entire playoff run outside of maybe Memphis after John Morant, but they haven't really had to defend an entire team. They had to just focus in on one player and and the rest will follow pretty much. So my X factor for Golden State is is Anthony, I'm Anthony, is Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins is going to be tasked more than likely with guarding Jason Tatum. And he, I, I understand Golden State is going to, they can't really switch because, no. They're going to try to not switch. And they're going to, because what, what I know, I know what Miami's, I mean, Boston, what Boston's going to do is they're going to try and get Steph Curry on a Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. That's what they're going to try to do, which is a smart thing to do. You know, Steph Curry is the weakest defender on on Golden State, especially their starting five. Uh, so that's what they're going to try to do. That's what they did against um, Boston. Uh, that's what Boston did against Miami. Anytime Max Struess, anytime Duncan Robinson, anytime Tyler Euro, 
was guarding Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. It was a field day. So I think that's what they're gonna do. So they're gonna Golden State's gonna try their hard. They're probably Golden State. <sighs> Golden State is probably gonna try try to hide, or they're probably gonna put Steph Curry on Marcus Smart. That's that's pretty much what they're probably gonna try to do. Um, because Marcus Smart can be hit or miss. Now if he's hitting, it's it's tough. But if he's missing, it's it's tough. So. <laughs> Um, the, the X factor for Golden State is Andrew Wiggins. And the X factor for Boston is Marcus Smart. I say Marcus Smart because Marcus Smart, like I just said, when he's hitting, like when he has 20, 25 points, Boston is damn near unbeatable. Because, I mean, when he's going off, usually Jason Tatum's going off, usually Jalen Brown's going off. And when you also pair that with Marcus Smart's defense, that's tough. I don't know how you do that. You know, that's 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 a... That's tough. So that's that's definitely going to be not to mention he's going to be playing. He's more than likely going to be hip to hip with Steph Curry the entire way. You do not want Steph Curry to go off. So Marcus Smart will be play will be taxed with stuff again. Outside of Kyrie Irving, Marcus Smart ain't played nobody like Steph Curry. In fact, not even because because with Steph Curry's ball movement and his his willingness to move without the ball, Marcus Smart has not had to play someone this playoffs like Steph Curry. So that is the X factor for Boston, and the X factor for Golden State is Andrew Wiggins. Now, how can Boston win this series? To me, Boston is the best defensive team in this series. They're the better defensive team when you have Jalen Brown, when you have Jason Tatum, when you have Robert when you have Grant Williams, you can come off the bench when you have, you know, Robert uh Robert Williams, when you have Al Horford, when you have Marcus Smart who won the defensive player of the year this year. They have a lot of injured interchangeable pieces. And the way you have to be able to slow down Golden State's offense. And you have to what what we've seen this entire playoffs is Boston's going to give up runs. They're going to give up runs. They did it in every single series. The pro the the thing that they're going to have to they're going to have to make sure is that their runs don't kill them. Their runs haven't had to kill them. Like their runs haven't hasn't you know backfired. It almost backfired in Game Seven against Milwaukee. I mean against uh, Miami. Their runs. You know, Milwaukee's runs kind of kept them in the series, which is why there was a seven-game series. And even though they did sweep Brooklyn, Brooklyn had runs. It's just they couldn't sustain it because, you know, Bruce Brown, they they left him wide open. That's not the case with Golden State. Golden State is going to go on runs. And you have to hope that your defense is able to, to, I'm not going to say counteract, but able to keep you afloat, especially if you're up. Um so the only way that they're going to win, oh, and Jason Tatum has to be great offensively, because I think Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown, arguably both of them, they have to be great offensively because they're gonna you're gonna throw Andrew Wiggins, they're gonna throw Clay Thompson, they're gonna throw Draymond Green. We're gonna see if Andre Iguodala gets some minutes. I think Gary Payton II is gonna be back. They're gonna throw defenders at them, and they're they're gonna have to score. We saw Jason Tatum, you know. I will say this: Miami played some rugged defense, but when you talk about who was guarding Jason Tatum, it really wasn't it wasn't that much of a. I don't know. It's it's Max Struess ain't getting it for me. Ain't getting it done. Uh, and Max Struess is most definitely not Andrew Wiggins, nor is he Clay Thompson, nor is he Draymond Green. Uh, hell, he's not even Andre Godala at his old age. So, X Factor, I mean, the way that Boston can win is you have to beat. I think it's officiating as well. I think officiating is going to be a, a play a part. Now, if it is how it usually is and, you know, offic- officials let a lot of physicality go, then that's in Boston's favor because Boston is a better defensive team. They're they're they have bigger players. They have more a rugged style. They are if 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 the officiating allows that, then Boston has an has a has an advantage. If they call a lot of stuff and and they're playing kind of close to the hip, and they are, you know, they're they're letting the more finesse go. Then that is the clear advantage of Golden State. It's a smaller team. But you also have Steph, Clay, Jordan, Poole. Like it's that's yeah, 
Another X factor, I just thought about this, is Jordan Poole. Another X factor for, for Golden State is Jordan Poole because you know their their goal is to do not let Steph Curry or Klay Thompson go off because we know the energy that you know Klay Thompson brings to a team when he's going crazy, and we know who Steph is. So Jordan Poole, Jordan Poole is going to have to be big. He needs to be better than he was. Jordan Poole really has only had one good series, and that was the first one. I think the physicality definitely took a toll on him in Memphis, and he just—I don't think he needed to show up as much for Denver or for Dallas series. So he's this series different, but um, that's how Boston can win defense and and Jason Tatum is going to have to be incredible. How Golden State can win? You have to be. Turn turnovers. Golden State has always been plagued with turnovers. They've always just been a high turnover team. Not not usually you kind of equate turnovers to low IQ, but no, they just they kind of overpass a lot or they kind of do the flashy passes and it just doesn't work at times. If they're able to limit their turnovers and able to hit shots, if Steph Curry is able to you know kind of come to form, he didn't he didn't have the greatest uh, he hasn't had the greatest three point shooting playoffs out well no not playoffs first round he he did really well but if he if he's able to get that back and beat when the Marcus Smart Steph Curry uh matchup then I have it's it's gonna be tough because one thing like I said my Golden State has the difference between Golden State and Miami there's a there's a lot of differences but one of the differences it's not just one person. It's not just a Jimmy Butler show. You have Steph Curry that can give you 30. Clay that can give you 30. Andrew Wiggins can give you 15 to 25. Um, Jordan Poole can give you 30. Draymond Green can give you a, a 10, 10, 10, and 10 triple-double. You know, it's they can they can hit you with a lot of air. And, and the good thing is they're unselfishness. They're unselfish. So if they see that Jordan Poole is going crazy, they're going to give it to Jordan Poole. If they see that Klay Thompson is going crazy, they're going to give it to Klay. That's just how they are. That's an unselfish team. So they need to be able to just hit shots and, and play defense because Miami – I mean, not Miami. Boston can hit threes. Again, Grant hit Grant Williams. He's able to 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 hit. I think he's like shooting forty five percent if he's wide open. Uh, it's they need to be able to defend. I know it's easier hit shots and defend, but that's definitely the case for Boston. I mean, for Golden State with Boston, because as we've seen, Golden State can go through defensive lulls and. They're going to need to capitalize on the runs that Boston's going to allow them to have. At this point, they've allowed multiple runs. Boston has allowed multiple runs in every single series. So it's not – I'm not here thinking that they're not going to be able to do it or they're not going to give up runs this series. The problem is – or the thing for Golden State is can you take advantage of those runs? Can you take advantage of those times when you're going to have a, a, a 10-0 run or you're going to have a, a 7-0 run? Like what happens at that point? So that's – what are my predictions? So a lot of people are going to say that this is just another game. Uh, that's what that's what the players are going to tell themselves. This is just another game, but it's not. This is the NBA Finals, and I do think that there's something to be had where not one player from Boston has been in the finals. Now, I do think that it's helped that you know I think Jason Tatum has been in five Game Sevens, uh, and and Miami, I mean, no, and Boston has been in two Game Sevens this playoff run, but. There's something to be said, you know, having the experience of an NBA Finals, not to mention the fact that, like I said before, neither one of these teams have played a team this playoffs like in, like the other team. And I do think that kind of bodes well for Golden State because I think because of the experience, they're able to make better or more adjustments if they if, if needed. Um and I, I like I like Jason Tatum. I like Jalen Brown. I like I mean Jason Tatum is, is an incredible player. I just I just think the experience and the fact that Golden State, Miami almost beat Boston with one score. Milwaukee almost beat Boston with pretty much one score. Even though Brooklyn got swept, it took you know. Let I me mean, we don't really need to talk about Brooklyn, but. Miami almost beat them with one score, the entire series, pretty much. 
that's not going to be you don't Golden State just didn't have one score they have a multitude of players that they can just they they can go off so I have Golden State in six I just think the experience and the fact that you don't know who it can be any given night hell we even if you look at all the series that you know that Golden State's been in we praise Kevon Looney in the Dallas series we praise Andrew Wiggins in the Dallas series and the Denver series we praise Draymond Green for his defense on uh uh What's his name? On oh, Nicole Jokic, as well as go or as well as um Steph Curry's offense. In the Memphis series, we praise Clay Thompson, you know, Clay, game six Clay. So you just you don't not to mention Jordan Poole was was I think he averaged like 30 points in the Denver series. So it's just it could be anybody on any given basis. So I have I have go I have Warriors in six. I just think that this is gonna this it's we know how important this is. Well, both teams clearly, but you know, Golden State knows what to do. Even though you have younger players like you know, Andrew Wiggins has never been here. Uh, neither has Jordan Poole. But the nucleus, you know, the Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, Kevon Looney, Andre Gudala, they've been here, and Steve Kerr, they've been here, so they know what it takes. So I have I have Warriors in six, and. Uh, Game game one is on Thursday. Uh, they killing me, man. With the every game at like nine o'clock at night, they're killing me, bro. But it is what it is, I guess. It is what it is. But yeah, I have Warriors and six. What do you guys think? Who do you guys have? Uh, what is? Who do you think the X factors are? Let me know what you think. You know, we'll leave it in the comments. We'll talk about it. So, oh, and also, like I said, shouts out to Mark. Um, Marcus's podcast, the Go Talk podcast. I was just on his podcast what two days ago, talking about who I, you know, giving our NBA predictions. I'll leave that episode in the link below so y'all go check it out. Also go subscribe to his junk too. So yeah, so moving forward, uh, I do want to say shouts out to uh, Darvin Ham, who is now the new head coach for the LA or Los Angeles Lakers. I do think it was the right hire. A lot of people were throwing out. Uh, you know, Doc Rivers, a lot of people were throwing out a lot of different names. I do think they got the right person. They got, you know, Darvin Ham, he was the assistant coach for Milwaukee. He's a defensive-minded guy. We know how poor uh, Lakers' defense was last year. I just hope that they're going to be patient with Darvin Ham. And I mean that by Darvin Ham, look at this roster. This roster... Phil Jackson, the, the 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 Chicago Bulls Phil Jackson could have coached this roster and it would have got the same result. This is a poor roster. This is a bad roster. LeBron James is getting older. Anthony Davis has always heard Russell Westbrook did not have a good season last year, and he's he's regressing, and we all know that, that he just doesn't fit with LeBron James. He's not the player that he was in OKC. Uh I just hope that they get they have patience with him, and I hope that he's able. They say that he's able to make his own or pick his own staff. They say that you know uh, the Bus and Rambus family aren't gonna have their fingerprints in it, which I I truly hope, because I think that they got the right guy. I don't know if he's gonna take them to you know championship heights, which. If we want to be completely honest with the Lakers, they have been terrible for the past. Outside of 2020, when they won the the championship, they've been terrible. I mean, we R.I.P. Kobe. He had some terrible teams. You remember Robert Sacre? Robert Sacre was a Jordan Hill was a starting center for the Lakers. It, it, it's been bad, and I just think a lot of people have that aura because it's the Lakers, and now that you have LeBron in 2020 happen, but I just think they're they're pretty far from a championship, especially with this team, and I don't know. It's going to be hard because you're going to have – there's a lot of players that's not going to be there. You're going to have to bring a lot of players in, so – you know, you're 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 building that team. You're also trying to figure out what you're going to do with Russell Westbrook because, in my opinion, he's pretty much untradeable right now. And I don't I don't understand why you would. I, I guess culture wise, maybe, but a lot of people are saying maybe get John Wall for Russell. I, no. So you're you're going to incorporate pretty much a whole new team with with Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. So I just hope that they give Darvin Hand the 
Darvin Ham the freedom to do what he needs to do as well as uh, just be patient with them because we know how they are with new coaches, especially new co- when when there's unrealistic expectations. If you think that in the next three years that the Lake, at least this iteration of the Lakers, are going to be good enough to win a championship, you got another thing coming. You need no, it's not going to happen. I promise you. I'm not saying that something drastic can't happen, but this iteration of the Lakers is not winning in the next three to five years. This is not happening. Uh, maybe get to the playoffs, maybe win a round or two, but they're not winning the championship, especially when you have a lot of the young talent coming in. You know what I mean? It's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So I hope that they don't get antsy like, oh, we have to fire him because I do think that this is the right hire. This is a great hire, and let's just see how it is. But shouts out to Darvin Ham for being the head coach of the L.A. Lakers. So moving forward, uh, it's been a – it's been a rough go for Liz Cambage. I'm uh, in the news. I'm gonna just say that. So this isn't a new story. This is a, a, a pretty old story. Liz Cambage at the, the at first report, you know, there was we knew that there was kind of tension going on with her in Australia, seeing as though she wasn't or she pretty much wasn't going to play for Australia ever again, from what we heard. And we were just like, yo, what's going on? Now reports are saying, no, it's really Australia saying, yo, we don't want you, my G. Because Liz Cambage was saying some offensive things to the Nigerian team during a scrimmage. Which is crazy because now she plays for the L.A. Sparks. And I think two of her teammates are Nigerian, are of Nigerian descent. Uh, the the Bumake sisters. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's tough. It. I don't. Look. Now, you never, unless there's like video or whatever, you don't know exactly what happened. But I will say this. Liz Cambage is the only person pretty much saying, no, nah, this ain't happened. <laughs> That's every, damn near everyone that was there for Team Nigeria and damn near everyone was there for Team Australia are pretty much saying, nah, she said what she said. I'm not going to repeat what she said. You can go look that up. But uh, this ain't looking good, bro. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, but this ain't looking good. I just need to shed some light because this is serious. This is serious, and uh, which is also crazy because Liz Cambage is of Nigerian descent. So, well, she's like half Australian, half Nigerian. I don't know what the hell's going on, but I do know that w- <laughs> the thing that they said she said was uh, offensive, and I don't know what's gonna happen. Uh, maybe nothing's gonna happen from it, but. I do need to shine some light because what she said was wild from what they're saying she said. But again, she's the only person, the only person that's saying, oh, no, she def. I didn't say this. She's the only one. Damn near everyone has come out. (laughs) Everyone else has pretty much had the same exact story. No, she she said that, bro. So I don't know. Again, I don't know what happened. I just I'm just shedding light on it. It is is, I don't know what's going to Maybe you suspend her a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. But I know that what she said was wild. Like, wild. And, yeah, nah, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. That's crazy. Um, But lastly, before we go, the unpopular topic of the day. Again, I've, I've said this before. Uh, I've been saying this all through this episode. But shouts out to Marcus uh, in the Goat Talk podcast. I was just on the podcast the other day talking about the NBA Finals. And Marcus said something that really sparked something in me. He, we were talking about legacy talk. You know, we were talking about, uh, do you, he, he pretty much asked me, do I think it's like dumb that we talk about, or he said we should stop talking about legacy talk because it, it's, it's, we should just stop doing that. And for my unpopular topic, so shout out to you, Marcus. My unpopular topic of the day And I said this on his podcast, but I'm going to say it here. It's not the fact that we are talking about legacies. Everyone has a legacy. Uh, You know, when we talk about players like Charles Barkley, one of the greatest basketball players to ever play. However, one one thing that's said about his legacy is he's never won a championship. Uh, LeBron James' legacy will go down as arguably the greatest basketball player of all time. Same thing as Michael Jordan. It's like what sometimes your legacy is so great, it just negates any a lot of negative stuff. For instance, we talk about Michael Jordan. Nobody talks about I think he only won like I think he was like one in nine, one playoff game before Scottie Pippen came. 
we talk about how great LeBron James is outside of people like Skip Bayless. Nobody really talks about what happened with the Dallas Mavericks series. Now, LeBron James has been to like 10 straight or was like 10 straight NBA finals, but nobody talks about that. Legacy is what you leave behind, you know, like what we remember you as. Steph Curry's legacy will go down as the greatest shooter of all time, in my opinion. Uh, a lot of people say Vince Carter's legacy is the greatest dunker of all time. It's just where you leave legacies. And what I think needs to happen is we need to slow down on the legacy talk with players so early on. And what do I mean by that? All this week, we've heard who is this championship legacy, like whose legacy is more at stake for this championship, Steph Curry or or Jason Tatum. Or we talked about, you know, when Luka did game, the games five uh, tarnished Luka's legacy. What is John Moran's legacy after X or after losing to Golden State? Yes, these players, these young players will leave a legacy. That's just how it's going to be. But I don't think we need to talk about I don't think we need to start writing it now. I mean, think about it. We don't know what's going to happen with Luka. We don't know what's going to happen with Trey Young. We don't know what's going to happen with John Morant. We don't know what's going to happen with Zion Williamson. We don't know what's going to happen with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, there, Jordan Poole. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of young players. Let their careers. We need to let their careers blossom out. We need to let their careers play out. We don't need to continue to talk about legacy. And they're under 25. They still, Lord willing, have 10 to 15 years left. A lot can happen in 10 to 15 years. Don't believe me? Look at Steph Curry's. Look at Steph Curry's career. Look at. Remember how, yo. He was on a lot of he was on the trade block a lot of times due to his his ankle problems. You look at the look at how we looked at Steph Curry, the beginning of his career with the injuries and and playing for an an, an organization that couldn't get right as far as wins with Golden State. And now look how it is. Imagine if we would have just left it at imagine if we would have just stopped his legacy after year three or year four, or year five. We would not have this Stephen Curry, or we would be blind to this Stephen Curry. Imagine who was another player that there. Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd came to the league, couldn't shoot to save his life. He left the league as one of the greatest three point shooters ever. What I'm saying is. And I guess my unpopular topic of the week, uh, day is, yo, we need to really chill out with this whole legacy talk, especially with younger talent, because we don't know what's going to happen. What happens if John Morant gets a, what happens if John Morant really starts developing a three-point shot? What happens if Luka really starts playing defense? Same thing as Trey Young. What happens if Zion gets, gets his body right? Like, all this stuff that we're talking is going to change, and we're going to forget about this. So... I think we we don't need to put the pressure on, you know, is what is Jason Tatum's legacy? Bro, Jason Tatum has been in the league for, what, three, four, five years. Chill out on that, man. We need to chill out. The, the legacy talk does not need to start so early. Because we don't know what these players are going to matriculate into. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And there you have it. That's been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. If you want a popular podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve, joggers, the link is in the description below. I have multiple different colors, multiple different designs. I don't know if you can see, but it's hot as hell today. I'm sweating bullets. So go get your Unpopular Podcast t-shirt today. Hey, they look good on you. Also, please subscribe to whoever you're listening. Please subscribe to whoever you're watching. It definitely means a lot to me. And until next time, much love. Girl, you're just like Puerto Rico Sunshine sometimes, Miami When it rains, it pours like London Ooh, your looks could be deceiving Thought I knew ya Just want more, I can't 
top of the pole. Throw a couple dollars, make her get it and go. Front to front, front to back, front to side, do it face to face. Understand I'm a free agent, but I'm yours today. Single like dollar like radio play. For the radio head, I promise I'll stay. Gotta switch up the station like under delay. Single like uno, no dos, no tres. Girl, you're just like Puerto Rico Sunshine, sometimes Miami When it rains, it pours like London Ooh, your looks could be deceiving Thought I knew ya Close the door, bed or floor I just want more I can't get enough for you What I got in store, it's all of yours I just want more I can't get enough for you Oh, I do. 